Stop punishing yourself with bland, chalky protein shakes and fuel your fitness with the best protein in the game at GNC. We've got the hottest brands and flavors that legit taste like cookies, your favorite cereal, indulgent desserts, and more. It's on at GNC. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This is Gilbert Gottfried, and I'm here with my co-host Frank Santo Padre, and this is Gilbert and Frank's Amazing Colossal Obsessions. We're once again recording at Nutmeg with our engineer Frank Verderosa. Thank you, Frankie. Colossal Obsessions. Our guest this week we has been on the show before. He has. He's the president of the Jim Henson Legacy. Craig Shemin. And I'm happy to be back by popular demand. <laughs> yes, you are back by which, popular demand. Which is fun demand. because the first episode hasn't, hasn't been dropped yet, as they say. Oh, I like that. That's very professional. Yeah. Yes, I, I reminded, uh, so he didn't say Shemin when I wrote it down for him. I said Shemp, uh, Shemin as in Shemp. So we did a, a Muppet episode previously. We did, we did. And we talked about everything. We talked about the uh, the origins of the Muppets. We talked about the old days. We talked about how Jim got to Sesame Street. Did we talk about the nightclub that Jim wanted to open? We did not talk about the nightclub. That was fun. That was... Uh, Fill us in. Yeah, there was, Jim wanted to open up a, a nightclub in the 1960s called Cyclia. And he wanted to have one of these inflatable things like they had the tennis courts in. And he wanted to project film on dancing girls mm-hmm. and things and they well, actually very laughing oh yeah they shot film on it they actually got permission to shoot the screaming girls at a beatles concert in shea stadium they couldn't shoot the beatles but they were allowed to shoot the, the screaming girls and they shot off the back of motorcycles or the bright lights of the city and they put together the film but at the end they, they couldn't you know actually do the nightclub because it, you had to do business with certain people in the 60s to do a a sort of nightclub in, in New York. That's interesting. And, and I forgot your answer. Or maybe I just wasn't paying attention. <laughs> you, uh, was was Henson, was he one of those people who believed that, because I, I asked you this a lot, that believed that he was against medicine and no, medical no. treatment? He grew up uh, in a Christian science uh, family, but he had doctors and he was, he was not, uh, I think he didn't go to the doctor a lot because he didn't get sick. So he didn't, you know, when he did die, he didn't think he was as sick as he was. Oh. And that was that was the thing. He, right, he was right. always working when he was sick. He was a workaholic. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll be asking again later That's in the okay. show. Yeah, this is going to yeah, shock you. Gilbert's actually a Christian scientist. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, only one of those two things, knowing, would, would, would shock me, actually. Right, actually, the scientist, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, yeah, they gave me a special membership. Uh, <laughs> they were doing that one chew only. <laughs> <laughs> it was a quota system. So we've actually had a lot of requests from listeners. You know, do a Muppet show. We we ran out of time last time. There's so much to get to. Yeah, so we were just to about cover. to get into the Muppet show. The actual 
meat of that. Yes. So tell us, uh, this I find interesting, an ex-podcast guest was involved in the show originally. George Slaughter. George Slaughter. Do you know that, Gil? He was... uh, Uh, I mean, was this around the Ed Sullivan days? No, this was uh, in the very early 70s. 70s. George Slaughter and Jim were going to produce the show together. And if you go to YouTube or on one of the the DVD sets of The Muppet Show, you could see this um, sales film that they put together where you could see the sensibilities of both Jim and George Slaughter combined because they were saying things like, You know, we're all going to be temperamental and hard to work with, but you won't mind because we're going to be making lots of money. Interesting. That's an interesting pairing. Because George had had the laugh-in pedigree at that point. And, of course, turn on. Yeah. That that was mentioned mentioned in the promotional (laughs) video. Tim Conway. Yeah. Yeah. But um, we've talked about that before. And uh, George was sort of not part of it anymore by the time it became an actual thing. Lord Lou Grade. Lord Lou Grade. Yeah. He was, I think, Sir Lou Grade at the time. Sir Lou Grade. I think the Muppets helped make him a lord. So what happened? So so his UK money came into the picture? Yeah. What happened? They did a couple of half hour specials for ABC when Michael Eisner was running the children's TV department. Mm -hmm. So they did the Muppets Valentine show and they did the Muppet show Sex and Violence, which was the title of it. And these were half-hour shows to try and show how the Muppets would be on prime time. And ABC didn't buy it. Uh, CBS, they, they tried to sell it to CBS, and they didn't buy it uh, on the network level. And in the middle of all that, Lou Grade came with an offer. He had uh, ITC, syndication company, and ATV in England. And he came with an offer to produce 24 episodes, a full season uh, with the only condition that they do it in London when, where he had a, a working studio. So uh, he gave him a very generous budget. So the Muppets all went to England for the, for the beginning of the Muppet show. You know, I, I got a flashback because we were talking about laughing. Yeah. Just recently I was out of town and on one of the channels they had a, an episode of laughing it had Rowan and Martin, mm-hmm. and, but the only recognizable cast member was Ruth Buzzy. Really? There was no Henry Winkle and no Audie Johnson. Oh, Henry Gibson, you mean. Oh, yeah. Hen- yeah. Henry Winkle. <laughs> Hen- Henry I would have enjoyed Gibson. Henry Winkle. They tried to get Henry Winkle. Yeah. yeah, there was no Henry Winkle. No, Henry- I say it twice. <laughs> there was no Henry Gibson. Yep. No Henry Gibson, no Audie Johnson. Uh, no Goldie Hawn. What, what version no of Joanne Joanne was They did a whole season, like the last season after George Schlatter left. And they oh. brought in, you know, Willie Tyler and Lester. Right. And Judd Strunk. Judd Strunk, correct, who was uh, a one-hit yeah, wonder. They, they were on this. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, that was Tyler. after George Schlatter left, but Ruthie stayed on. Ruth Buzzy was the only one? So so Alan Seuss was gone and, and Gibson and, but, and uh, No, I think, uh, yeah, Joanne Alan Worley. Seuss occasionally would dress up as Joanne Worley. <laughs> Even even Johnny Johnny Brown. Johnny wasn't Brown there. is still around, by the way. He, we we got to get him. Get on. him on this Not, show. No rush. He's in the green room. Bookman. Yeah, but just <laughs> let's take our time on it. <laughs> okay, so 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 Lord Lou Grade, Sir Lou Grade at the time gets involved. Yeah. The 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 deal is that Jim has to take the Muppets to overseas. Right. To do the Muppet Show. And and Jim was uh, hesitant at first because he wanted a network, and this was going to be one of the first major original syndication uh, shows. They had just turned that half hour of prime time over to local stations. So the local stations were looking for stuff. They couldn't put on network reruns. So a lot of it was going to be game shows or whatever. So this was the chance to do whatever. 
and the famous variety producing team of Smith and Hemian. Smith and Hemian were around as consultants for the first few shows. Yeah, and they had done everything. They had done everything, and they actually went way back with Jim because I think at least Gary Smith worked on Steve Allen show when Jim and Jane Henson were doing the Steve Allen show. Uh-huh. And um, they, what was funny is that they always saw Jim as you know the the college student. You know, I, I heard later on when they were doing award shows into the into the eighties. And Jim would go do an appearance. They were like, oh, Jimmy, bring the puppets over. You know, and they, they never quite saw him as the, the legend that everyone else did. He was just the college kid who had That's the, interesting. The, the dog wiggling. And who was the head writer on the first season? Gilbert will get a kick yeah, out of this. Jack Burns. Oh, my God. Jack Burns was the head writer on the first season of The Muppet Show. Wow. And um, they got Avery Schreiber to come on as a oh. guest for the first season. <laughs> yeah. well, now, they weren't Burns and Schreiber anymore no, at no, that point. They, they were not, but uh, you know, you, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you, you know, you look out for your your uh, your friends. So of course, and Avery, and you actually, it was very important to bring on the friends because you had to fly to England to do the show. You couldn't just drive to Television City, so people were, you know, had to make a big trip. So they called in a lot of friends. So Avery was one of those friends they called in, right. Jack Burns, what you know, and people think of him as Burns and Schreiber, or they think of him as taking over for Don Knotts on the Andy Griffith show. But he I had know. a writing career. He was yeah. the head writer of Fridays, yeah, which people forget. Yeah, and he was in charge of the whole production on Fridays, and still around. Oh, Jack Burns. But okay, Kelly when we've keeps got to time. himself a lot. Well, Kelly Carlin stays in touch with him because they used to be Burns and Carlin. Oh my God, that's right. A million that's years right. ago, and we asked Kelly when we had her on the show, and she says he's really a recluse. He won't do anything. Well, he always he liked to. The phone. You know, he he didn't like to engage in a lot of with a lot of people because Jerry Jewell, who became head writer of the Muppet Show, um, the following year. Um, told me a story that uh, Jack Burns had gone to dinner once and he's waiting for his table at dinner and someone comes up to him and says, are you Jack Burns? And he didn't feel like engaging with the fan. So he said, no, I'm not. I, I, I get that a lot. I'm not Jack Burns, but thank you. So later on, he gets to the table and he finds himself seated next to that person. Oh, and that person spends the entire dinner talking about how much he can't stand Jack Burns. Oh and my Burns. God! And he's sitting there; he can't do anything because he said, "I'm not Jack Burns." <laughs> Perfect. So he just had to sit and endure an entire dinner of hearing about how awful he was. I, yeah, I, funny I rem- guy. I remember Burns and Schreiber because they they would go on and do the same act on every show. Oh yeah, yeah. Where they'd sit in two chairs. Yeah, they did a taxi. Yeah, yeah, yeah Schreiber yeah. would be like the uh, sad sack. Cab driver, and he'd be in a loud mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to show you how how Jim took care of his own people, Jim worked with Burns and Schreiber in the '60s on a summer replacement show that Ed Sullivan's company produced. Good lord, Rolf was the host, and Burns and Schreiber were the act. So he kept up with them and used you know. the same people. Yeah, and and I remember because they would do this a lot, where they would get an act that had their one act. And try to stretch it out. Yeah. So they would start doing, they do these new sketches that it was like the cab driver during the Civil War time. <laughs> the cab driver in the future. The cab uh, driver in prehistoric days. You know what's funny? You, you think of that, that is so old school comedy, c- comedy teams. It's just not, yeah. it just doesn't exist. Remember Patchett and Tarsus? Yeah. 
You remember them? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tom Patchett and Jay Tarsus. Jay Tarsus went on to create uh, Buffalo Bill for Dabney Coleman and a lot of good television. I I wonder who were the last of the comedy team. I I think it's you guys. (laughs) 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 That's just sad. We had Tom Bergeron in in here before, and he was talking about Shields and Yarnell. Do they qualify even as a comedy team? Well, they're a team. Yeah. <laughs> no, they, they did the Muppet Show, I think. Comedy yeah. teams. If you turned on TV in the 60s, you, you had your, your, your run of, of comedy duos. And it's just, it just doesn't exist anymore. No, no, it doesn't. Someone, told, someone said you and Gilbert are the Mac and Jamie of the... Uh, <laughs> Do you remember them? <laughs> yep. <laughs> of, the, of, the, of the millennial. Oh, my God. Back to the Muppets. Back to the Muppets. So, yeah, so they're out in London. They're doing this thing. They're, they're schlepping guest stars in every week. And they had the time of their lives. They loved doing it. And uh, This list you gave me of guest stars from the first season of The Muppet Show, yeah. all of these people flew to, 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 to London yeah, well, to they do were, the show. They were being put up first class. Jesus, what a and, list. You know, it was, it was a high-class operation. And they had to just do a, it. Was, the work wasn't that hard. You did a day of re, script read through, a day of music recording, and the guest stars were only in the studio for one day to shoot. And then the Muppets stayed around to do another two days the rest of the episode. But they would always shoot out the guest star after one day. Yeah. So it's not a lot of work. And but to have to go over, fly overseas just yeah. for a, just for a. Well, that 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 was the seventh. Vincent Price, I remember he was episode nineteen. Vincent, Vincent Price. Did you, oh, did you watch wow. the Muppet Show? Oh yeah. In first yeah. run. What was wonderful about the show is that they would always try and get people to do what they weren't known for. So Vincent Price actually sings "You've Got a Friend." Uh, I've seen that clip. Yeah. We will return to Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. And now back to the show. I flew to England recently. I did uh, that Matt Matt LeBlanc show. Oh, episodes. episodes. Yeah. Oh, I didn't uh, know. You didn't tell show. me you went all the way overseas yeah. well, to I do that. Well, I don't like talking. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> How was it? They put uh, you up that, first class? Uh, yeah. That was, all of that's great. The, the. Um, it's a long flight. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and the, uh, you know, the jet lag. Yeah. I mean, like in the middle of the day, you don't. I remember talking to someone in the middle of the day and say, you know how two days ago you were telling me. And he goes, it wasn't two days ago. It was this morning. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) So I was lost over there. But you would have gone over for the Muppet Show for. uh, Oh, absolutely. He would have been great. They would have let him sing. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure. (laughs) 
So, so everybody loved Roy Rogers and Edgar Bergen. They loved Roy Rogers, um, Edgar Bergen. Roy Rogers, someone told me a story that Roy would come down and he would talk to them and he said, you know what I love to do? Um, you know, at that time, he was like living over the Roy Rogers Museum. And Roy would tell him, you know, every morning I get to go down to the museum and play Roy Rogers. Wow. It's like I get to be Roy That's Rogers. That's fun. And uh, Edgar Bergen, uh, they told me when he, they did their script read through and then they sat around and took, picture, they, they just uh, set up a little semicircle and Edgar did his act for the whole crew. That's very just cool. Just for fun. That's very now, cool. Now, see, and this is something because Edgar Bergen, everybody loved Edgar Bergen and he's a legend. Yep. But is he the worst ventriloquist who ever lived? <laughs> well, there, let's let's just say there there's a reason that his greatest success was on radio. Yeah. Yes, it was so insane a ventriloquist on radio who didn't translate to television. No, right? No, and but, and it's like when you'd see it and you'd be watching him, and his mouth would be moving all over the place. But he, Jim was very, became very close to him, and both Candace, Candace had done the, the Muppet Show too. And uh, when Edgar died, um, they asked Jim to deliver eulogy. And in Jim's office for many years was this uh, silver picture frame that uh, the Bergen family gave him. It said, Jim, keep the magic alive and with a picture of, of Edgar in it uh, with uh, Kermit. I think. You ever seen that creepy photo of the, of the newborn Candace Bergen and she's <laughs> in a bassinet? And they've got the puppet looking oh, in geez. like it's her brother. And somebody wrapped the puppet's fingers around the edge. It's disturbing. What, what's even creepier, if you look at some of Edgar's early of movies. Charlie McCarthy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. If you look at some of Edgar Bergen's earlier movies, in some of the scenes, they would put a little person in a Charlie McCarthy costume oh, and have Lord. him walking around uh, in the film. And that, that's, a, that's a little disturbing. Oh, I, I think they one time did that with both of them, both Edgar and Mortimer Snurr. Oh, yeah. On the Jack, Jack Benny, Benny show. show. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. This was, You don't see comedy teams anymore? You don't see ventriloquists anymore? <laughs> no, not so much. <laughs> Paul Winchell is, has come and gone. And you don't see mimics no. anymore. No, you don't see mimics. Well, we've had a lot on this show. We had John Biner. We yeah. had Marilyn Rich, Michaels. You had Rich Little. We had Rich yeah. Little but it, and Will Jordan. But it's also a dying art. Yeah. I mean, this show is like, you know, we're, it's a time capsule. Well, what's we're bringing fun these is if you back. look at the Muppet Show list, it's a lot of all different kinds. Yeah, I love this entertainers. list. You had... Um, they would get variety people like uh, Senor Wences did the Muppet oh, Show. Yeah. Oh, it's wow. a great list. One of my favorite ones was Wally Bogue, who did the Golden Horseshoe Review at Disneyland for years and years. And he basically did that same show over and over. And he did part of that in, in the Muppet Show. Wally Bogue, I don't know. Do you know that name, Gil? No. Listen yeah. to some of these people. Don Knotts, Zero Mostel, Uncle Milty, Rich Little, Edgar Bergen, Steve Martin, George Burns. Oh, now, now, Craig tells us uh, he has a, a little note here that most of the guest stars were loved by the team, but not everyone. And he says, see if you can guess from the attached list who was not pleasant. So I'm going to stereotype the French, and I'm going to say that it was Charles Aznavour. No, no. <laughs> I will say it's okay. someone that's okay. been mentioned on this show. Wait, I'm going to say, because his own son insulted him, that's uh, Zero Mustel. You know, he may have not been, but that's not the story I, I Okay, hear. wait a minute now. Uh, let's see. We have – let's see if we can guess. Here, Gil, take a guess from this list. Uh, uh, Pearl Bailey, Roy Clark, uh, Chris Christofferson, James Coco, uh, Danny Kay. Was it uh, Danny Kay? Oh, oh my God. Well, you know, I don't like to tell tales out of, out of school, but yes. I, there, you How know, did I not guess that first? That was one person that I heard 
not so great things about. Uh, I've heard nothing but bad things yeah. about him. Uh, George Carlin hated him. Yeah. Tony Curtis hated him. <laughs> I don't think Bernie Coppell liked him very much. <laughs> yes, we had him yeah. on. Oh, everybody hated Danny And Jamie Kay. Farr didn't care oh, for yeah. him. Well, <laughs> he likes everybody. And, and I will say that, that the, the people who work on the Muppets generally like everybody, too. Uh-huh. So for them to, to say things that are less than positive. You realize yeah. I was fired by the Muppets, Craig. Well, I was too, so there's <laughs> a lot of that. You're in, co- you're in good company. It just took longer for me. Are we near the clip yet? Yes, we I set think, up the clip? Yeah, I'm going to set up the clip. We have a very rare clip that comes to us from the courtesy of Joe Bailey, who is one of the writers of The Muppet Show. And he has a book that's out, uh, Memoirs of a Muppet Writer. And he's a swell guy. And what I love about this clip is that Jim always wanted people to do things they weren't known for. So Phyllis Diller played the saxophone and Hal Linden played the clarinet, I think. Mm-hmm. C-3PO tap danced on The Muppet Show. <laughs> that, I mean, okay. So he wanted people to do that. But Milton Berle is a guy who not only wanted to do the same type of thing he always wanted to do, he wanted to do it exactly the same. So he would come in, they were doing a a heckling routine with Statler and Waldorf, the two old guys in the balcony, and Milton knew exactly the jokes he wanted. He brought like a stack of jokes that he'd been using since the beginning beginning of time and essentially dictated it to the the, uh, writers. And so what you're going to hear is uh, the writer's room with Milton Berle telling everybody, uh, what jokes uh, that he thought would be good in this routine. Okay. So this is Here, that the heckling... Uh... Here's Uncle Milty. I'll say SOW. Start again. Burl, if you don't stop heckling me, I'll have the usher take you out. Joe, I don't go out with ushers. I got a good mind of punching the nose. Waldorf, please, not while I'm holding it. Do you have anything else to say about me? Only what? Only one thing. That you stand too close to the camera. Burl, how far would you like me to be? That's funny. Waldorf, you got a car? (laughs) (laughs) I like that. That's a nice line. If you keep cutting me off, how does anybody know what I'm going to say by watching Bob Hope the week before? That's a great joke. Now, would you please be quiet? Did you come in here to be entertained or not? That's right. What's right? I came in here to be entertained and I'm not. That's the first show, kind of. That should be up early. Oh, I'd like to see you get up here and be funny. He says, you first. I dare you, wise guy. Why don't you come down here on the stage and entertain? So I should. Can you sing? No. Can you dance? No. Can you get laughs? No. And what can you do? Just what you're doing. Well, you got a million jokes here. Now, this is a very big joke. I don't know if you can get it. All right, gentlemen. I'll bet either one of you can't name one man who's funnier than me. There's Bob Hope, George Burns. Red Skelton. I say, see, I told you you couldn't name one. <laughs> you stay up there and try to be funny. All right, I know a good joke. Watch, then we can't do this. <laughs> Whoa. Jesus we, we only got a half hour show. I know you. Can. This has got to be 2.30, 2.40. That's right. That's right. That's exactly well, it. I know, I know, I know. I, I don't just just yeah. this one and then forget because I've got to be on a set in June. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> For your information, I did very well in all the three mediums. Stop exaggerating. I say I'm only human. There you go, exaggerating. <laughs> That's a little bit of uh Yeah, that voice you heard at the end was Jerry Jewell telling we only have a, a half hour. Who was hour. the poor guy that had to sit there going, That's funny. <laughs> that was probably all of the, the <laughs> writers. That, 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 oh, like, God. 
And, and this is just a snippet. That thank the, you, Frank. The only part, we have like twenty minutes of that tape, and that's only part of the meeting. But it was basically yeah. We went out on on, on a yeah, clip last yeah. time. That's so funny because that's one of those stories that I tell on this show. But he, to actually hear it is is amazing. What to that me. he's that he's just yeah. Gonna... When it actually a story like that comes to life, I know, I know. It's weird the way he's just kind of dictating exactly you, what he's going to do word for word. You can hear the typewriter in the background trying to take And you want to laugh at him, but at the same time, you've, you've, part of you is thinking, this guy's an old pro. He knows what he's doing. And there's another maybe they section. Should, maybe they should listen yeah, to well, him. Yeah, well, they do. <laughs> a, a lot of that's you know, word for word what they end up doing. But there is a section of the tape where he says a joke and he says, oh, no, that's brand new. Like that, you know, he, he wasn't comfortable with it because he, he never tested it before. Wow. That's a that's a fun I, little thing I, to have. I heard a story that with Abbott and Costello on their TV show, they would like fight doing a bit that was written for them. And the way to get them to do it was they'd say, oh, uh, I was at a vaudeville house the other day. I saw this comic do it. <laughs> I got it down word for word. He got big laughs. And then Abbott and Costello would do it. This is some guest list. Some of these people I don't recognize. I guess they're European stars. Tony Randall, Mac Davis, Hal Linden. Of course, I'm looking for the people that did this show. <laughs> Rich Little, Senior Wenceskill, Moomin Shantz. Moomin Shantz. Oh, my God. Robert, uh, R- Loretta Swit, Diane Cannon, Victor Borga, Shields and Yarnell we just talked about with Tom. Doug Henning. Yep, Doug Henning. The late Doug Henning. So you had, like, they did 120 shows, five years, and then Jim decided to pull the plug. How come? He wanted. He was always a guy who wanted to do the next thing. So he was starting to do uh, work on these fantasy films, Dark Crystal, and he. Oh, that's right. They, were, of they had started doing the feature films where they took the Muppets out into the real Fraggle world. Fraggle Rock. Fraggle Rock was yeah. uh, following this. So he was a guy. They could have kept going for another few years, but he was a guy who always wanted to do the next thing. So that's. Uh, and then there were attempts to revive the Muppet Show because they did it was a, so, they did a so few loved. times. You know, they tried with the Jim Henson Hour. How long did the Jim Henson Hour um, last? Half a season. Okay. And were they the same? I'm trying to remember them. Were they the same formats? Because I remember the, the Muppet show proper that right. everybody what remembers. What they did with the, the – they tried to up, they always tried to update it. So on the uh, Jim Henson hour, instead of a, a um, sort of you know music hall type of setting, the Jim Henson hour had what they called Muppet television, which was like this futuristic – a control room where Kermit could pull up anything on, on a screen. So they always go in and out of screens. So Kermit was still the host, but Frank Oz wasn't working on, on all the shows. Right. So that suffered. When he, he was did... developing a feature career. Yeah. yeah. Too, Frank yeah. Oz. He had, by then he had started directing features. So he would come every once in a while and they would do a special or, or you know, that he would do every, you know, third or fourth episode. But without that team of Jim and Frank working together. The, really the one I did. You did was... Muppets Tonight. Oh, yeah. It's Muppets here on the list. Tonight. Muppets yeah. Tonight. Yeah. And that was interesting because that was done um, just a year or two after Jim died. So they didn't feel comfortable with putting Kermit at the center of the show. So they had the show hosted by Clifford, who was one of the newer characters, and he was sort of the new hip character. But they had to sort of make him less hip to front the show. See, he was sort of the the hip musician in the band who didn't have eyes because he had sunglasses covering his eyes. So first thing they do was give him eyes and suddenly he's less cool and less mysterious. And he starts talking a lot because he has to host the show. And one of the things that made 
Clifford cool was that he would just talk every now and then and have these really cool little uh, zingers and then, uh, you know, take his place in the band. So that it it was interesting. And I think one of the problems is that they were on uh, ABC. Yeah. So it wasn't like uh, when they were syndicated on The Muppet Show, uh, unlike Jim Hensonauer, which was on NBC and uh, Muppets Tonight on ABC, the, they had 24 episodes they knew they were going to be doing. So they could experiment and they could have fun. And it wasn't until like the second season of The Muppet Show where it really uh, hit its stride. Did you enjoy doing it, Gil? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah that was, I was on the winner date with Kermit. We played it on the last episode. Yeah. And that, it, was, it, it was a lot of fun. There was a lot of fun stuff in, in that show. But, you know, you just – there's so much pressure on network television. It's even gotten, you know, more like that now. I, so, I remember Kermit has to go to the address of yeah. the winner. And you see on the bell it says Gottfried and this cute girl answers the bell. And he goes, oh, well, uh, hello, Mrs. Gottfried. <laughs> And he, she goes, oh, you're here to see my friend Gilbert Godfrey. <laughs> and then you're having the romantic dinner. Uh, yes. And then the last version was The Muppets. That was the, just the, a couple the, of years the, ago. The recent one. Bill Prady, who I right. worked with for Funny years. guy, Bill Prady. Very funny guy. And, it, you know, they just made a little bit of a, a That was the sort of the behind the scenes. Yeah, it was yeah. going to be almost like a Larry Sanders show. Exactly. They, Look at the But they gave the, the Muppets of all show. of these real problems. And, you know, I, I don't think people want to watch the Muppets deal with real problems. They want to watch it to sort of, you know. And yet they're durable. They're durable And characters. they're still going to do stuff. You know, and they're. What struck me about the one I was in and he's going, oh, this is good. Is I, I when, whenever I'd watch that, I go, so does this frog want to fuck this girl? <laughs> is that what the Muppets are <laughs> pushing here? That. <laughs> <laughs> what what Kermit does on his own time? This <laughs> is Kermit's business. Yeah, and amphibious sex. <laughs> I mean, it, he spends a lot of time with a pig, so anything would be. So I figured this is the next step. Before we do the plugs, and I know you got a, you got an event coming. We do. We're opening up a new exhibit of uh, Jim Henson's work at the Museum of the Moving Image. It opens July twenty second. Wonderful. So uh, where you met Gilbert? Where I met Gilbert the first yes. time. Wow. And Gil, he's got a little game for us. Yeah, we're going to go take out on a game. This is called Man or Muppet. Ooh. And it's inspired from a song from one of the more recent movies. And I'm going to give you a name. You have to tell me if it's a real person or an obscure Muppet character. Uh oh. You cannot stump the great Gottfried. Well, oh. we'll see. We'll see. I'll, All right. Let's see what you got. Big tiny tall saddle. Big, tiny, tall saddle. I'm going to say that's a real person. No, that's a Muppet. Wow. That was it. Okay. <laughs> oh, for one. So, so we're off to a bad start. <laughs> he was a disc jockey on a, the Johnny Cash episode of The Muppet oh, Show. Oh, wow. Oh, so you took, uh, you took uh, I yeah. see, you took real so, characters from that. Um, Merwin Bogue. Merwin Bogue. I, I feel like this is that episode of Hollywood Squares. <laughs> you, you fool! fool. <laughs> no relation to Wally Bog? No. no uh, but, what, what? I'm going to say real person. It is. That, ah, all right, yeah. <laughs> that's, actually, that's actually Ishka Bibble's real name. Ishka is Bibble. Ishka, do you know when I was a little kid? Ishka Bibble. <laughs> when I was a little kid, one time I got a haircut. I must have been about three years old. And to this day, I remember some guy looking at me, a grown man goes, 
Oh, you look like Ishka Bibble. <laughs> <laughs> if any of our listeners know who Ishka Bibble is, I'll be really impressed. Look, well, it, look you know, it up. And the, what's, the, what's the problem the is I, I played this game with other people and I actually had to take names out of it that I knew you guys would oh, know. Of course. But uh, let's see. There's uh, Bessie Lamb. Gil? Bessie Lamb. See, I think this is a trick <laughs> because you'll hear lamb and you'll assume it's a puppet. So I'm going to say it's a real person. It is, yes. Look, you're on a roll. <laughs> you're flying. She was a singer from the early 1900s. Uh, Zuzu Fitzwaller. <laughs> you know, Zas- now, now- Zasu Pitts could be a Muppet. <laughs> Zuzu Fitzwaller. Fitzwaller. I'm going to say a person again. No, that was a Muppet. <laughs> well, that's that was what a, I meant. I uh, said I was, was a, going a, to a say. A Hungarian water juggler from the Muppet Show. I said I was Muppet going show. to say it was a person, but then I stopped myself and said it was indeed a puppet. Okay, one more. Um, <laughs> you go out on a, okay. on a, with a bang. Pick your best one. Imogen Poots. Imogen Poots. Oh, I've got this one. Okay. Imogen Poots is a real person. She's an actress. Yes. <laughs> I know. I think we had her on the view. <laughs> well, she'll have to come on this show. Imogen Boots. That's a great name. Yeah, it just sounded like a Muppet. Yeah. Fantastic. That was fun. So give us the plug again yeah, and, uh, and plug your book, too. A Muppet's Character Encyclopedia. By Craig Shemin. By Craig Shemin, available wherever books are sold. And also uh, mention Joe Bailey's book. Uh, Please memoirs do. of a Muppet writer. Joe, thank you for the clip. And also I want to mention, if you want to know more about Jim, you can check out Jim Henson, the biography by Brian J. Jones or Imagination Illustrated, the Jim Henson Journal by Karen Falk or a really good kids biography, I Am Jim Henson by Brad Meltzer, illustrated by Chris Iliopoulos. They're all nice people. Look, he brought, his, he brought all his plugs. This is a professional guest. And, and the exhibit opens uh, July 22nd at the Museum of the Moving Image. He'll come. He'll take it's the kids. It's permanent, and there's a, a touring version of it in Seattle right now. Wonderful. Now, before you go, I heard that Jim Henson didn't follow <laughs> medical training. <laughs> <laughs> I heard Imogen Poots was a You know, that's right. So, yeah. <laughs> You're funny. Thank you, Craig. Thank you. This was a, a lot of You'll fun. You'll come back sometime and we'll talk Muppet movies. We'll do Muppet movies. We can do game shows. We could do Jesus uh, all Christ. sorts of stuff. Man, we, there's no end. We've been talking to Craig Shaman. 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 We're talking to Craig Shaman. You know, I'm looking at Frank Roderosa <laughs> and he's just sitting there like this. Like, <laughs> you, you've completely deadened his senses. Because he doesn't have headphones well, that, on him. That's because. Also, I know I'll be dialing that down when I mix it. <laughs> I'm used to it. That's because he's he's accidentally erasing all these shows <laughs> as he records them. That That's later I do that. <laughs> Frank Roderosa rescues these shows. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Shemin. It was Please great to uh, be here. give our love to Stephanie. I sure will. And this has been Gilbert and Frank's amazing colossal obsessions. session.